very familiar, and most of you could quote it as I began reading tonight. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. So I want to speak to you a little bit tonight on retaining a reservoir of God's blessings. Retaining a reservoir of God's blessings. So we're going to go a little deeper tonight than, than surface, hopefully, in this lesson that I want to teach. Um, I really want to deal tonight with those or speak to those tonight that uh, perhaps may feel like that um, it's difficult to live daily in the blessings of God. Or maybe I could put it in another way tonight. Maybe somebody feels like that you are just surviving from one service to another to another. Rather than thriving and growing, that it's, it's not a problem. You don't have a problem with church. don't have a problem going to church. don't have a problem uh, with the Lord. But the issue is, is that between, between uh, Sunday and Sunday, or Sunday, Wednesday and Sunday, are all the things that come at you that causes our life to just feel like it's a roller coaster. It's high, filled with highs and lows, highs and lows. Uh, perhaps you understand that getting in the flow of God's blessings, and we talk a lot about that around here, because I believe it is so very important for us, and that is getting into the flow of God's blessings. How many of you know what I mean when I say getting into the flow of God's blessings, getting into the flow of the Spirit? And we, we often maximize that subject, particularly on Sundays as the Spirit of the Lord moves into a service. Maybe it's during worship. Maybe it's an altar call or during the message that we are trying to get into the flow of God's blessings when His Spirit is moving and we sense and know that the Spirit of God is moving and we get into the flow and maybe there are occasional blessings, maybe there are continual blessings uh, that happen, it's experiences that we feel. Um, sometimes you, you may have experiences and you say, wow, I've never experienced that before and it's a new experience and we live from experience to experience. All right, so I want to help you tonight because I, I want to help you uh, in developing what happens between the experience and the next experience. It's what happens, what happens when you go from, the scripture said that the Lord has taken us from victory to victory. And so it's a biblical concept that we're moving from victory to victory. But between the two mountaintops, I want to talk to you about the valley. Now, I'm not going to major on the valley tonight, but I want to talk to you about our lives and what goes on between the great service and then the next great service, the revival and the next great revival, and the, the moves between. And so I want to speak to you about retaining a reservoir in your life that you can retain what God is doing and what God has done. So it becomes more than just the, the moment, just, just the experience. 
But the only way that that can happen is that we must, we must build banks around our lives or levees around our life. If I can draw you uh, a, a graphic word picture tonight, uh, perhaps that if I, could, if I could design you a lake tonight that is built with banks and levees and, and uh, where the, the, the river is, is dammed to hold back the water into a reservoir. Uh, that's what we're going to focus on tonight is developing some things in our life that become the levees that allows us to retain what God is doing. Now understand the questions that may be rolling through your mind, but I'll try to answer some of those questions as we move through this lesson tonight. First, I want to say that if you have no banks, no walls, no ability to retain what is flowing into your life, then you'll have no more water the day after the rain comes than you did the day before. We become like a river that swells following the rain and then goes back and recedes, but has no ability to retain. Now, it's not enough to have a mighty river flowing through your life if you don't have the capacity to retain it. Now, I don't want to confuse you tonight because I understand that the Scripture said that out of our belly shall flow rivers of water. But I want to speak tonight on what are you retaining in your life from the flow. As God is pouring into your life and it is flowing out of your life and there must be the consistent flow in and out of our life, we must also be retaining and benefiting from the flow of God that is happening in our life. So, someone would ask, shouldn't the river be flowing out of us? Yes, 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 absolutely. But we need a reservoir so that the river flows continuously. I'm going to help you with that. So that the river flows continuously. When... when uh, when a river, when they build a dam in a river and they build the levees and they hold back the water, when the big rain comes, it can fill, uh, it can fill a lake very, very quickly. As a matter of fact, one of, the, one of the, the, the big lakes that I grew up very close to, um, those that may, be, uh, that may enjoy fishing, uh, and follows the lakes listed as the number one lake for bass fishing in the United States right now is a reservoir called Toledo Bend. In, that is a lake that divides Texas and Louisiana. I grew up very close to there, spent many, many, many days on that lake, would like to spend a few more. Took my boys there. Uh, when my nephew passed away during spring break, I was able to take my boys there for one evening, and we only had about three hours and had one of the best fishing trips that we've had. It really lived up to its, really lived up to its, uh, it's ranking. It's an incredible lake, a beautiful lake. But it's, it's, very, it's a very dangerous lake because unlike most lakes, uh, this lake, uh, when it was first built, it just looked like uh, they had flooded woods. And the reason was is that they built, they built the dam and built this, uh, they, they, they built the dam and uh, they were going to go in and remove the forest, remove the trees and get everything uh, removed so that it could fill uh, 
with water. And uh, as it was, uh, as they closed the gates and uh, was going to hold back uh, the water, a tremendous, a tremendous flood came. And what was supposed to take two years to fill the lake happened in the matter of about 30 days. And so they claim that at the bottom of that lake is heavy equipment that they didn't, it rose, the lake rose so fast that they couldn't even get the heavy equipment out and it filled the lake and it was at a capacity that uh, exceeded their ability to release the water. And so the lake rose at this incredible uh, pace and so they were never able to remove the trees. And so today uh, the, the lake is just filled with nothing but uh, stumps and snags and they have these little lanes that are marked that you have to drive your boat like you're on roadways and, and this is a massive lake thousands of miles of shoreline and it's this massive lake and if you can imagine it's just when the water is low it just looks like a stump field that, uh, that you're navigating through. My point is, is that in our life, there are moments that God is going to pour into us in a special way. We may have seasons such as the awakening and things like this that, that God really moves in a special way or a special service or revival or a camp meeting or, or just a special night or day when God just really pours into our life. And it's like the flood that that is poured in. And the, the idea of building a reservoir is not to stop the flow out of our life, but God will pour more in than what we have the ability to be able to let out, and it will build a reservoir in our life in God's time that will allow for a consistent flow. And so now, what uh, when they build these reservoirs, what used to uh, at, at one time perhaps would cause a river to go down and be uh, almost not navigable because the river would get so shallow. Now, by the reservoir, they can open the gates and continue to allow the flow that allows the river to be more usable. And, of course, the benefit of the lake. When we create a reservoir uh, of what God is doing in our life and when we withhold some of the blessings of God in our life, we go from mountaintop to mountaintop without a season of drought. So my, my fear is that so many people fail to, to realize that what God is pouring in is eventually going to come out of our life. It is to flow through us, but we should be growing and benefiting and developing by the reservoir that we build in our life. So how does one do this? How does one do this? By building banks and levees that control the flow. You cannot give out what has not been put in. And the reason that there's so many inconsistent Christians is because they're not retaining anything. We go through a great revival and wow, we were blessed, but two weeks later, they're right back living just like they were. The river's high because of yesterday's rains, but we're shallow and, shallow and drying up a week later. And it leaves some of us scratching our head and we're trying to figure out, my Lord, what happened? They were on fire for God two weeks ago and now where, where are they today? We need to build 
some levees of consistency. My first point tonight is that we need to build some levees. And those levees, I'm going to give you the name of a few of those tonight. But first of all, I want to talk to you about consistency. The level of the, the levee of consistency in our lives. When you build banks around a river and build a dam to prevent the, the loss of water for a period of time, the river will soon fill the reservoir to capacity, giving cities and communities for, for miles around much needed provision of water. And it is useful because there's resources from that. They, they generate electrical power from it. And they, they utilize the water from these reservoirs that uh, some of you uh, here in Frankfurt, we, our city water is based on wells. Uh, I think Kokomo perhaps uh, comes from Kokomo Reservoir. It's pumped directly out. Uh, up in Monticello, Delphi area, I think that it's pumped out of the lake uh, there. Uh, but these, these, the reservoir uh, is it's beneficial. It's more than just a a place of beauty or a a place for recreation, but it is beneficial to the community and to everywhere around. When we build levees in our life and God pours into us and as we it is beneficial to us as we will grow. This is this process of retention happens. The the flow will continue and the flow flow from, must first fill the reservoir and after the reservoir is filled there will be consistent flow through our lives. Maybe this explains what Jesus meant when he said, out of your belly. And he used the word belly here in human reasoning. We don't like to talk about bellies too much. But he says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of water. Some of us have larger reservoirs than others. It's just more that God has to work with. He says, out of your reservoir shall flow rivers of living water. He's pouring in and out of our belly shall flow, but it can't flow out if it does not come in. And the way it flows out in consistency is that we have built consistency in our life. The higher that we build our walls of consistency, the more you'll be able to store. Now, I'm not talking about hoarding what God has done for you. I'm not talking about hoarding the blessings of God. I'm talking about building a reservoir, building walls in your life, building levees in your life of consistency. And when you get consistent in your life, you're going to find the highs not being so high and the lows not being so low. You're going to find a more even kill in life. This is true in many areas of our life. It's true in finances and it's true in spiritual realities. You can make a million dollars in your life, but if you don't have a way to keep it all from flowing out, you find yourself broke. In fact, they say that the greater the financial flow in your life, the greater potential that bankruptcy exists. Here is why. The flow enables you to access financial instruments that can strip you of the very means that gave you access to them. 
And here's the spiritual application. If someone walks into the church and lays hand, and, and I lay hands on them and pray for them and they're blessed and they feel the flow of the Holy Ghost wash over them and the sanctifying power of God hits them and, 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 and they, they're really, really blessed and maybe they, they, they dance and shout and speak in tongues and kick real high. Wonderful. We'll rejoice with them. But it matters more what happens next. What what did they take with them into tomorrow and Friday and Saturday and next week? What are they taking from that flow? I love the powerful church service. Not preaching against it. I'm preaching for it. But what I'm telling you is, is we need to glean from that spiritual service. We need to glean from it and put something into our life that we say, this is going to nourish me for a while. So we have to develop consistency in our life. That's why consistent church attendance is important. Hey, listen, I know you're here on Wednesday night. You love God. You know, they say, if you come to church on Sunday morning, you love the preacher. If you come Sunday night, you love the church. If you come Wednesday night, you love God. So I know I'm preaching to the Wednesday night crowd here. I'm speaking to the, to the Wednesday night crowd here. But consistency, as you develop consistency in your life, this is why that we talk about consistent prayer Consistent Bible reading, consistent church attendance, all of these areas of consistency that you build in your life and you become consistent with them in your life, you will find the consistent flow of God flowing into your life. And so then somebody says, well, you know, man, I was here on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night and Sunday morning. I just don't know how much more I can give. Don't worry about it. God will keep pouring in. God will keep pouring in. Because when you develop consistency, God is working consistency in in you. And he will work consistency through you. And here's what you'll find. As you develop consistency in your life, you'll start seeing it in every aspect of your life. Does that make sense? You'll see it in every area of your life. Everything in your life will become consistent. Now, Mark chapter 8, verse 34. The scripture said, And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Now, the structure that enables us to retain the blessings of God is encapsulated in my next point. And that is commitment. Commitment. Look at your neighbor and say commitment. Consistency and commitment. Commitment is the structure that holds and gives place to the blessings of God. Commitment. Commitment is the banks and the levee that causes the water to gather together and pool Together, Blessings may run a mile long in your life, but without commitment, you'll never get more than about an inch deep. You know anybody like that? They're a mile long and an inch deep. 
You're wasting the good graces of God if you don't reciprocate commitment when you receive blessings. But let me, let me help you with this. We, we talk a lot about stewardship, and stewardship is so very important. But I believe we ought to be good stewards in every area of our life. Somebody ought to say amen to that. We ought to be good stewards with finances, yes. But let's talk about good stewards with the blessings of God. As He blesses into our life, we must be good stewards. I remember when I was in Bible college, uh, I worked uh, for the college. I worked about three jobs paying my way through college. And one of the jobs that I had, I worked with a maintenance crew at Texas Bible College. It was a very ran-down facility, so there were several of us worked on that crew. And uh, Brother Enzi called us all together at the beginning of the year, and as we were working uh, on the maintenance crew, he came out, and he, he had a little chat with us, and he walked us around the campus showing us some things, and, and there was something I noticed. Here we are in a bad neighborhood, bad part of town. The building was pretty ran down. Things were pretty rough, but, but here, were, here were sidewalks. And you look across the street, up and down the street, sidewalks were, you know, grass had grown over them and they were rough. But not our sidewalks, man. They were clean and trimmed and everything was cut. The the yard was groomed perfectly and everything was to a T. And Brother Enzi walked out with us and I'll never forget, he said, if we'll be good stewards over what God has blessed us with in this part of town, in time, God will bless us with something better. But we must be good stewards over what God has given us now. Now we could just let it look like everything else in town. But we choose rather to do what we can do. Now, we don't have the money to, to rebuild these buildings and to do everything that needs to be done. But what we do have the ability to do is do a real good job with what we're doing. And he said, I don't ever want to come out and look and find grass running over the sidewalks. I don't ever want to come out and look and see. And he kind of walked us around and gave us be good stewards of what God's blessed us with. If you see something needs fixed, you take care of it. And he was constantly, he would remind the students, you should, don't ever let somebody see you throw down a, it's something even small. Don't let somebody see you throw down a gum wrapper on the campus. He said, be a good steward of what God's blessed you with. And he drove it into our minds, drove it into our minds. That's what I'm trying to tell you. We come to church and somebody say, well, there wasn't a whole lot to that tonight. Find something good and take it and be a good steward of it. Develop it into your life. Come to, and when God really pours blessings out on you, don't just say, well, that was just another Sunday night. We've got to be a good steward of that. We've got to build walls and reservoirs all through the week so when God blesses, we, we say yes to the Lord. I'll take this in. And it's not going to all be gone tomorrow, but I'm going to live off of this and I'm going to dwell off of this as it is flowing out of me and blessing others. And the better steward that you become, in your commitment to God, becoming committed to the Lord. The religious world is preaching a message of blessing without commitment. Now, I, I want to I steer you very clear in this. What we hear from the religious world today is, is, a, is a consistent dosage of God wants to bless you. Entire ministries that are built around there's a miracle for you. God wants to give you a new car. God wants to bless you with bank accounts full of money. I believe that. 
I believe that completely. I don't believe God wants to beat you down and hurt you and take from you. I believe God wants his people to be blessed. I I believe what they are saying, but I don't believe the method in which they are using. Because at the end of that, they say, give your money to the Lord. Here's my address. And the problem is, is they may only be telling half truth because I believe that your blessing will follow your commitment. Your blessing will follow your commitment. God does want to bless you, but he's looking for consistency and for commitment in your life. So pastor, I'm on this high and then I'm on this low. Get commitment in your life. Get committed to daily Bible reading, daily prayer, daily study of the word, daily being committed to everything that God is wanting to do. So many people run headlong into the pursuit of the latest preacher who's prophesying in the spirit of fantasy. What they promise is not faith but fairy tales and false pretenses that borders on the crime of false doctrine. Mega ministries are making merchandise out of sincere people because they never talk about take up your cross and follow me. There's going to be a cross to bear. Can you commit to the cross that you're going to bear? You don't hear them talk about the commitment of the cross. They just tell you, God wants to bless you. God wants to make you a millionaire. God wants to do this. God wants to do that in your life. But they never talk about the the, the sacrifice of commitment and being committed in every way in your life. They urge people to give out of greed thinking that they can buy their way into a blessing of God. There was a sorcerer in the Bible that operated under that same false spirit. And sadly, there are Simons the sorcerer in the world today. And there are some things that only commitment can bring into your life. Here's what Peter said in Acts 8 and 20. He said, thy money perish with thee. Because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. We must not fall into the trap of telling people what they want to hear. The question that we have to ask ourselves is, what did Jesus ask of them? Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross. And follow me. And this is still the call of Jesus. Can you follow me? And the proof is found in our willingness to commit to the call of God. To commit. Relationship requires commitment. You can't be in a relationship without commitment. There has to be a commitment. Jesus lost his crowd just days after feeding them the miraculous bread and fish. It boils down to one word, my third point, and my third levy that I want to name tonight, and that is faithfulness. I know these border on being the same thing, aren't they, Pastor? Not at all. For consistency is doing the same thing over and over. Committed people 
are more than just consistent. Whether it's the good day or the bad day, they are committed. And faithful people are, they are the dependable ones that will find the positive in every negative. They are faith-filled. Faithful. Faith-filled. When he pressed them for willingness to follow him to the point of commitment, they scattered. Many people claim to have faith, but they're not faithful. Oh, I believe, but they're not faithful. I've seen so many people with so much potential wreck their opportunity to work in the kingdom of God because they're missing faithfulness. Give me a committed, faithful group of people that will say, by the help of the Lord, we're going to be consistent in everything that we do, and I'm promising you what we are able to do will, will cause the entire world to be astonished. It hasn't been said once or twice, but multiple times and very recently. And I shared a little bit uh, of the story with you a month or so ago when my wife walked in to a meeting and the door was finally closed when the meeting was basically over and they looked and said, we have watched your church from a distance. What is it that makes you people apart? You guys are able to do what churches twice and three times your size cannot do. I'll tell you what it is. It's committed people. That are faithful to God. Living consistency. That's what makes the church what it is. That's what it makes it what it is. So if you're not committed, get committed. Become faithful. Get on board with what God is doing. Sadly, we can be mesmerized by the fishes and loaves and the crowd see... The, 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 the crowd gets... Blown away by the, by the magnetic personalities that captivate us. But their message never calls for commitment. Never calls for faithfulness. 80%. Listen. 80% of the megachurch modern Christian world. 80% do not attend church faithfully. They're members, they're on the giving roster, they show up occasionally, but they're not faithful. They haven't learned faithfulness. And we must be careful because we, we watch sometimes trends of the world as they move into the church. Don't let it be said of us, let's remain faithful. That's why faithful to the house of God. Faithful to the work of God. Faithful to the calling that God has placed in you. I, I, they're having meetings tonight while we're in here. Children's ministry is out in meetings. I, I thank God for Sunday school teachers that I don't have to fret over every week whether they're going to show up or not. Am I going to get a call on Saturday night or early Sunday morning saying, well, sorry, Pastor, I, you know, I got other things I need to be doing today. But they are faithful people. I'm not talking about being sick, and I'm not talking about occasional vacations, and I'm not talking about those that have to work. I, that's, I, I want you to get what I'm talking about tonight, but I'm talking about being faithful where they just decide, well, I need a break. Sometimes we let so many things get in the way. That's the consistency I'm talking about to where we become faithful, committed, and consistent in everything in our life.
Faithfulness is the name of the road that will lead to living a blessed life. I know this is not deep and not earth shattering tonight, but I'm telling you the things that I'm sharing with you tonight, if you will build them into your life, you're going to begin to find a more level, a more leveled Christian walk with the Lord. You'll quit having this huge Sunday experience in the Three weeks of being down here. And oh boy, if we don't have another great blowout, run the aisle service, we're not going to survive. Sure we are. I want to have those services every week. But if it doesn't happen, and that's not what God has, we're going to keep living for God because we're faithful. We're committed and we're steadfast and we're unmovable. We're always abounding in the work of the Lord because I built some walls in my life and I've got some faithfulness in my life and I'm going to be there whether it's a shout or whether it's a cry or whether it's a Wednesday Bible study. I'm just going to be faithful because I know if I'm faithful to Him, He will be faithful to me. Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, you seek me not because you saw the miracles but because you did eat the loaves and were filled. Jesus knew in John chapter 6, verse 26, he looks at them. He says, the problem is, is you like the blessings, but you don't want the faithfulness and you don't want the commitment. Jesus pared his crowd down from 20,000 to 12 in one teaching. He taught on faithfulness and commitment. Boom, the world left. I hope you don't leave on me tonight. Because when Jesus preached this message, they left him. We like the, we like the miracle services, Pastor. We, we love it when the you know, miracles are flowing and angels are being seen everywhere. That's awesome. But, but you know that Wednesday night commitment and faithfulness stuff I'm not so keen on. I'm going to tell you, you're going to grow on the Wednesday night faithfulness and commitment stuff. And when the Sunday night blessing comes, you're going to take it in and you're going to live on that and you're going to be blessed by that. Why would Jesus do that? And what can we learn from this? I think that Jesus is more concerned about his people being faithful than he is the masses following and chasing him. And God is still looking for people that are willing to pay the price of faithfulness. He's still looking for people that are willing to pay the price of faithfulness. Jesus was modeling to us the need to, defi- to, to differentiate between the called and the chosen. And here's what I see in this. Jesus would rather spend his time with 12 who were faithful and committed and consistent, developing, mentoring, and cultivating in their life than consistently pampering a persistent crowd that he had to constantly be offering them fishes and loaves to get them to stop murmuring and complaining. God, give us a church of people that are sold out, that are faithful, that are committed. Whatever the Lord has, through the good times and through the bad, I'm going to be committed. Jesus never intentionally ran people away, although some of them went away sorrowfully when they found out that he was calling them to build walls of consistency, commitment, and faithfulness. They walked away. 
because they couldn't do that. Jesus didn't intentionally run people away. And I'm not suggesting tonight that we ought to run everybody off that's not consistent and faithful. What I am suggesting is that we ought to model these things in front of them and let them know, encourage them. You know what ought to happen? Every new convert ought to be encouraged by an elder and by somebody in the church. Hey, let's, keep, let's be faithful to God. Let's be consistent. Let's, you need to be promoting these things. Your children and grandchildren ought to grow up learning. Be faithful and committed. Here's the thing. Now, you know, Facebook's a wonderful thing. You meddle in everybody's life. And you know everything going on. Ethan got a new car yesterday. It's a cool one, too. How many of you saw it? See, we've all been meddling in your life, bub. We know what's going on with you. I saw you at the gas pump. Your dad's fixing to go broke because you're going to be broke and have to borrow off of him. But you know what? you got to change your oil in that car. You gotta you gotta put tires and brakes on that car. You gotta make sure that the the the, the coolant and the antifreeze is all good in the car. You, 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 who, who cares about that? I, 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 it's just a cool car. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna drive it. I'm not gonna wash it. I'm not gonna wax it. I'm not gonna put oil in it. I'm gonna act just like my pastor's wife. I mean. I'm just kidding. She's in a meeting. She has no idea what I just said. If I find out that you went and told her. Woo. I'm treading water now. Help me, Ethan. My point is, is that this young man has a fine car. He's been blessed with a wonderful, that's a sharp looking ride. I can't wait to go look at it. Maybe take a spin. Nice car. You got to take care of it. Show up on Sunday. It's like a sports car, man. God just. And we walk out of here Sunday night. My Lord, wasn't that awesome? Now, I'm not going to worry about the rest of the week. I'm going to keep hanging out where I've been hanging out. I'm not going to take care of anything. I'm not going to do anything else. Just let it go, whatever, whatever. We'll have another one. There'll be another opportunity. You know, you blow that engine up and, you know, go buy another. You run out of money, talk to your dad. He's got it. He runs out of money, talk to your grandpa. I got a feeling. Because I heard he bought and paid for that thing out of his own hard work. That changes, that changes things. Changes your, changes your thinking. Before you burn rubber in that thing, you're going to think, i got to put the tires on this thing. <laughs> Woo! That's costly. you got to think about it. My point is, is that we've got we've to appreciate what God is doing in our life. And as you work on putting commitment and faithfulness and consistency in your life, you're going to appreciate those powerful moves of the Holy Ghost on Sunday. Because those that don't have consistent prayer in their life is going to think it's just because they clapped their hands just right on Sunday and the choir was singing just right. 
Oh, the preacher was singing just right. That's why it all happened. Wrong. Why it just happened was because about 50 or 60 or 80 or 100 faithful people have been consistently praying for the last month or two months behind the scenes and no fanfare and, and been working and praying and being consistent and faithful to the Lord. And then the Lord shows up and said, it's time for a refreshing. My people have been praying. My people have been fasting. And he sweeps into the house and he blesses you. It's not just because the choir got the song just right. It's because you got faithfulness right in your life and you've been serving him faithfully through the drought. And then the rain of the Holy Ghost comes and moves. And when it does, when you've developed these, when you've developed these things and built these walls in your life, it will allow you to retain what God is doing. And a week later, while everybody else has forgotten about the blessing, you're still talking about it. Woo, that message last week. Woo, that, that, man, that move of the Holy Ghost two weeks ago. I want you to know I'm still blessed. By, what, what are you talking about? No, let's see, you, you don't remember because you didn't work for it. You didn't pray over it. You didn't fast for it. You didn't. Somebody, don't, 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 don't get envious. Gentry got a call last week. He's going to England in a week. Just a few days, Monday, just out of the blue. Just select, select two young men going to do a missions work for a week in England, just out of the blue, boom. Don't, don't get jealous. Because about three weeks ago, he was on a 21-day fast. He was paying a price then. Now, I'm, I'm not embarrassing you, but I, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you what he said to me. About a week ago before that call came through, Dad, I just I sometimes question if I'm in the will of God. And the Lord says, let me just send a little refresher course on this being faithful. Let me, let me throw a little, here you go, boom. And the phone call comes in. My point is, is that you may be thinking, God doesn't even know where I'm at. God doesn't even, and he may have, he may have somebody on the other end waiting to put that call through to you. See, the answer, may be, the answer may be just one moment away just before you decide, well, I'm going to quit. I, I'm going to give up. I'm going to throw in the towel. I'm going I'm to just step aside. I'm just going to, and the whole thing, the whole time God was saying, you, 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 you almost had it, but just before you got faithfulness down, you flowed back into your old fleshly self. Develop faithfulness in your life. Develop it in your life. I could go on and on tonight about, I could name many, many levies tonight. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap this up. Things that we can do to retain the blessings of God. Build walls of consistency, commitment, faithfulness. We could go on and on. Steadfastness, willingness, responsibility. It's a call tonight. It's a call to get plugged into what God is doing. Buy into God's plan and God's purpose. The scripture says, buy the truth and sell it not. Be faithful. Learn to pray. Well, pastor, I've tried it. It just doesn't work, work for me. Just start praying every day. Well, I tried. Maybe you're trying too hard. Maybe you're trying too much. Just do this. If you don't have a prayer life at all, 
Just start praying for two or three minutes a day, every day, every day. Watch what happens. Week, two weeks, month, not so, not so bad. I'm making it three minutes all right. For long, you're going to be at five minutes. For long, you're going to be at ten minutes. You just have to, it works into your life. These things don't just happen. You know how they go? One brick at a time. You know how you build a levee? One shovel full at a time. One scoop at a time. See, we go and we go and look at this big, we go and look at all these massive structures and go, go see the Hoover Dam and look at look at it. It, it. They didn't, they didn't, somebody didn't show up one day and say, I'm gonna sprinkle some magic powder out here and this thing's gonna be built. But years of planning and years of labor and work and development all went into the construction and the building of this magnificent dam. And in your life, ladies and gentlemen, the greater the blessings of God, the more commitment, the more faithfulness, the more steadfastness you're going to have to develop in your life. So I challenge you. Go to a higher level, build a higher wall. You want to go to a higher level, it's going to call for higher commitment. It's going to call for higher faithfulness. So every time you move, you've got to commit to prayer, commit to worship, commit to personal growth. We've got to commit to these things and constantly be growing. Somebody asked me one time, I don't understand the altar calls. And it was a newer convert. said, I don't understand the altar calls. We go every week, same thing. You call everybody to the front, call everybody to prayer. You know why? Just put another brick on the wall. Just add another brick to the wall. We're, we're developing some things in our life. We're growing. Sometimes we're going to add a bunch of bricks because we, you know, we have a great move of the Holy Ghost. And wow, look what happened tonight. Sometimes it's just a brick at a time. But through the consistency and the commitment that you are developing in your life, your reservoir grows and develops and becomes bigger and greater in the capacity of God's blessing. And the greater the reservoir you build, the more potential you have. And I close with this. There was drought in all the land. They had seen no rain for a long, long time. The prophet of the Lord comes and he says to them, dig ditches in the desert. Dig ditches in the desert. And the Lord says, I will cause the water to come down and to fill the ditches. Their faith had everything to do with their blessing. Because they could have just dug a little small trench and got by and said, yeah, that'll do it. That'll do it. But the issue was the size of their miracle had to do with the amount of their faith saying, I'm not going to just dig a little channel through here. I'm going to, man, I'm digging out a reservoir. I'm going to make a capacity to be able to hold the blessing of God that is coming. That's what I'm trying to, to speak to you tonight. To Don't stop. Don't ever reach a point. Let me speak to the elders respectfully tonight. Let me speak to the elders. And you say, well, I've, I've been blessed so many times. Keep building. Your capacity is not done. He will tell you well done. And, before, and between now and then until he says, well done, keep building. Keep, keep growing. Keep developing. Your capacity to withhold what God is wanting to fill you will just become greater and greater and greater. And what you are filled with will bless all those around you. 
It'll bless your family. It'll bless your children. It'll bless your grandchildren. It'll bless your friends. It'll bless your community. It'll bless your neighbor. But you've got to build and keep building because the size of your miracle depends on the level of your faith, your commitment, and your perseverance to dig the ditch. And God will send the water. Are you ready to build a reservoir for the blessings of God? Stand with me tonight. Let's lift our hands toward heaven and just ask the Lord to help us tonight. Help us to grow in you, Lord. Help us to build and retain your blessings in our life, O Lord. That out of our belly shall flow rivers of living water. Lord, let us have a reservoir within us that can flow out, Lord. That we can minister to those around us and be a blessing to those around us. We give you honor and praise. Be with us tonight as we leave this house of worship. Lord, be with every home and every family. We do ask in Jesus' name. Everyone say amen. God bless you. For those that may be planning to come to work day on Saturday, uh, for specifically for our men, uh, if you have...